Hi, and welcome to the Tanko Mobile Podcast. It is 2015, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> it's February 5th, uh, Thursday. I'm here with my good friend, Phil Nickinson of Android Central Mobile Nations. Hi, Phil. What is up? How goes it? I, I'm great. Um, so, you know, I haven't done a podcast since uh, like November or something. I'm, I've been slacking off. And... As such, you're the first for 2015. Isn't that exciting? Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yes. Blushing. So um, there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about, but primarily I work with Phil at CS. It was great. We had a good time, right, Phil? It was a blast. It was actually, and CS is one of those things, like it's either a friggin' blast or you just kind of want to die at the end of it. And this one, I came out excited for the year. I feel so that way too. I didn't feel completely uh, insanely obliterated basically at the end of it. Now, MWC um, in a few weeks is going to be a whole other story, but yes, yes, it was good. So speaking of which, I will be joining uh, the Mobile Geeks folks. You guys pretty much had things pretty much all under control. You didn't need my help this time around. And so that's why I'm doing it with Mobile Geeks. So I'm a little jealous because I saw, I was like, I'm going to MWC with Nicole and Sasha. And I'm like, ah, oh, I kind of want to, well, I mean, I'll see them there. But. Oh, well, well, you'll see us. I think what's going to be cool is that we're actually going to be doing a lot of live streaming from the Intel stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to try to line up some cool interviews uh, with a lot of people. In case you guys are wondering what's up here, like where my finger is, this vertical piece of plastic. This is an Anki Drive game. And not to do any self-promotion, but I'm actually selling this one. I, I, I got a, at a spare. I never used it. Um, if anybody in the podcast wants to ping me on social or whatever later and wants to buy this of me at a reasonable price, uh, ping me. We'll work something out. Uh, you have to be in the Bay Area. I don't want to do any shipping around this thing. But it's brand new in the box. Have you played with Anki Drive, Phil? I haven't. I've heard everybody talk about it. I have... So much stuff like that just laying around, and then half the time I just forget to take it with me. Yeah, this is taking up quite a bit of real estate, and mm-hmm. uh, since I already have a, a set, I'm just going to just get rid of it. Um, but anyway, so let's recap CS very briefly. I don't want to spend a lot of time. It's been a month now. But you and I had the pleasure to get uh, an early look at the LG uh, G Flex 2. And we, you know, at some point, we're going to get review units, Tell me what what do you what did you think? To me, that was really a, a a pretty impressive device, and I was really happy about it. I think it's a really nice in between the original G Flex, which is a little more than a year old now. I think that was announced in what October twenty thirteen, October November, um, and it, it's a really That's nice right. in between between the the G Flex and whatever the you know the G four for argument's sake. Um, you know, hardware-wise, I think they did the right thing by scaling down the size just a little bit. Uh, software-wise, it looks like it's there. I mean, and LG has always progressively gotten a little better with its software. That's never been one of its strong points, but they've gotten better about it, I think. And and there's a lot of it there, especially these early units we see. There's a lot there that's, that's Korea-specific because we see these Korean models. So it's inevitably pretty different than what we get here in the States. So I... I tend to kind of take that with a grain of salt. I think the the flexible stuff is, has come along nicely. I mean, it's still not like an active reason to buy this phone. You don't have to bend the phone to use it. But yeah, it, it, it's a nice kind of like safety net a little bit. So if you do drop it or, or sit on it, and the stuff they've done with the glass where they're taking regular Gorilla glass and, and strengthening it, even further is is probably a big deal. So I'm I'm really really excited to get this in my hand soon. Yeah, me too. I I really fell in love with that phone, and I don't know exactly what it is. Is because it had all the good things of the G3, right? And and more, right? I mean, Snapdragon 810, like wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had, um, it it looks really great. I love especially the red one. In my opinion, looks fantastic. So um, I don't. Did know. you see the it thing just, about the names though? No, I did not see the thing about so the names. So the red is flamenco red, right? That's the name right. they told us. Sprint is calling it volcano red. Of course, they have to differentiate themselves somehow. Ridiculous. Flamenco yeah, right? is awesome. <laughs> volcano I, is I like agree. Your, I agree. I, I missed that. Speaking of rumors, we, we also heard a rumor that the new G4 might downsize in screen size, just like the G Flex 2 downsizing screen size from the G Flex. Have you heard this one? I have not. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. And it's 
if it'd be incredible that any manufacturer out there actually listens to us when we say enough they're getting the too giant big phone. I, know. I, know. <laughs> I mean it's not to say there's not a place for them because i think samsung has done really well with the note line and making that a mainstream device but and at I, the same time you've gotta you've gotta have that that diversity out there yeah, I do really think that the Note, though, differentiates itself so nice. I mean, I'm not a big stylus S Pen person, but I really do feel that there's a lot of people who really just like the Note because they really get productive with the S Pen, mm -hmm. and the stylus experience really differentiates. Um, you know, I have finally, I want to say this, I finally have this in the house, uh, a Nexus 6 of my own, my own review, and it's taken a while, but... You know, it's, I just don't know, like, I love it. It's fantastic. The camera is such a huge improvement over the previous Nexus, uh, primarily because the F over 2.0, which is a much faster lens, and it still has a YS, of course, which is pheno a phenomenal thing to have. But I can't, I'm not sure I'm getting used to the size. Um, I feel like I'm going to drop it. And, and this is coming from someone who, you know, has used the, the, G, the G Pro 2, which is a gigantic phone mm -hmm. from LG. I've used, you know, uh, Lumia 1520, which is gigantic. But I never felt like I was going to drop them quite like I feel like I'm going to drop the Nexus it, 6. It has to do with the size of it. And it's I'm back using the M8 just because I felt like it. And it's very much kind of the same thing where this you've got this nice curved thicker back, but the sides are thin, and that makes it a little tough to hang on to. And so... Um, I don't want to put a case on it because then it's going to even be thicker, right? Yep. Uh, so I, you know what I'm actually thinking? I'm actually going to... So we're talking about this. It's kind of segueing back to what you said. Um, I love the Korean phones because usually their bands work well with the U.S., uh, at least the latest models. So I'm actually thinking that when I get my LG, uh, my G Flex 2 review unit, I'm going to try to make that my daily driver because I just can't... You know, I'm can't make i have a hard time with a six as my daily driver even though i'm a nexus person yeah normally i just switch to the new nexus and i stick with it for the rest of the year and i never even think about it anymore this year i'm kind of like what do i want to do you know i have a i have a korean g3 i have a t-mobile unlocked g3 um those are probably good candidates but the, the my, my nexus 5 is starting to get really long in the tooth battery life is being an issue the phone has, it, it's never been dropped, but it's starting to have a lot of wear and tear. I'm pretty I'm much on record of not being a huge fan of the of the huge Nexus 6. I mean, to me, it's really just a giant Moto X. I, You know, I really wish I'd done that phone as a Moto X. Like, imagine if it was the same size as the Moto X with all the specs that it has. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be perfect. It just, the, really what the Moto X needs is a slightly better battery and OIS and then, you know, a Google Play edition and we're done, right? I mean, That's, I guess they have the pure edition, but it doesn't have OIS. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not a bad phone. It's just too big and there's not enough differentiation there for me. There's not enough special sauce in everything else to make that size worth it for me. Exactly. And, and exactly, that's the thing. Everything's just scaled up. So it's good if you have really bad eyes. Yep. But <laughs> that's it, right? And, and, like, and I, I mean, forget, was it Woodside or Osterlo from uh, X Motorola who said uh, this week that it was too big for him. He keeps dropping it. And it's like, you made the phone. I know. I no. think they made, no, I think they made the phone for Google, really, right? And, you know, I think it's actually, now that we know that they've launched the Moto X Pro in Asia, which is mm -hmm. basically a Nexus 6, uh, with you know custom software now i also get, kind of understand it a little better i mean um large phones are super popular in asia that's oh, yeah. the reality we never got the g pro 2 nope. which you know we got the the optimus g pro last year and honestly the g pro 2 was one of my favorite phones of last it year it was and really for, nicely done and, and nobody got to see it and nobody got to see it and the best part about it is that for a big phone i never felt like i was going to drop it it had a nice grippy back yep it just had the perfect ergonomics if you ever get across that phone uh and you can get a really good deal on it it works with at&t on on uh, on lt here if you get a korean model and it's lt advanced so it'll grow with you as lt as at&t rolls out advanced um you know honestly you know it's got a ys on the camera it's just like a g3 with uh, with a bigger screen and it's 1080p um go get it it's absolutely one of my best phones of 2014 yep um, another thing I want to add about, about uh, speaking of G3 and G2 Flex, G Flex 2s and all the LGs, LG love time. Um, so I was really impressed with what they said about the if it falls on the edges, 
the, the forces are spread better throughout the phone, so it's actually more shatterproof in that sense. That to me was like, oh, I never that, that I don't care about the flex, I don't care about the curve, but that is actually a pretty big selling point. So many people drop their phones perfectly flat on something hard and it shatters because of that. They claim that it's a little more shatterproof. Uh, I guess we'll have to find out somehow, right? Yeah, and you, and you gotta imagine the flex helps with that a little bit because as it bends, that absorbs some of the energy. Uh, between that and the, the stuff they've done with the glass to harden it, I mean, it's, it's a really exciting phone. For sure. So, um, to CS, anything else that really um, caught your attention? I mean, there are a few things. I don't want to dwell on it too long because it's been a while, but um, the Desire 826 match is another Desire, but it was nice because now it actually has a 1080p screen. So, it's almost mm-hmm. like a flagship at this point. Uh, well, it does have a Snapdragon 600 and something, so it's not a highest end Qualcomm, but. That, you know, was there. Um, the Sony Walkman player was an Android device, so I, I, I have to give it an honorable mention because I'm a big audiophile. I know there's a lot of debate going on like they, out there. Gruber's been on a big ranting campaign on how high bitrate audio makes no difference and, and how, uh, you know, uh, David Pogue just reviewed the Pono player and completely knocked it, saying, I don't hear the difference. I did some A-B testing. Most people don't hear the difference. You know what? I think for me, as somebody who's worked in audio and understands what's going on, yes, I agree that most people won't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, but I'm, I can. I can tell the difference. Right there with you. I mean, and, there, there's a place for that high end stuff, and that's. I get that you design it for that market, and then you can charge a shitload for it. That yeah. makes total sense to me. But yeah. at the same time, I'm just not gonna. Yeah, ever, I mean, yeah. I would never. Even though I get the difference, and I'm sure it sounds phenomenally great, I am not going to spend twelve hundred dollars on a even beautiful. Yeah. Walkman player that doesn't even have a phone in it that is running KitKat or some old version of Android. Not not even KitKat. I think it's 4.2 or something. Yeah, there's, um, there's just no reason to. But you have to look at to say that if you look at it and touch it, it's so beautifully made. It's like the Sony that we remember, you know, when they used to make good stuff. Uh, speaking of Sony, uh, let's quickly go over review units. And then I want to talk about rumors at Mobile Congress. I... I always keep my uh, uh, viewers and listeners updated about the review units. I'm always a little behind you now, Phil, because you guys still get all the stuff before me. But I just want to point out that I've got an Xperia Z3 Compact, speaking of Sony. One of the best phones of the year. Oh, man, I love this thing. It is so good. It is so good. You know what's amazing to me, though, is that the camera just doesn't live up to the hype, right? I thought it was okay. Yeah. it's, It's okay. It's good. But it's like 20 megapixel, blah, blah, blah. You know, honestly, all they need is is go back to a 13 or something and put OIS on it. And, and that's the thing I don't, that blows me away. They make the sensor for the iPhone 6 Plus, right? Yep. That's the sensor that is probably right now like the best camera phone sensor on the market simply because combination of Apple software and, and Sony know-how. Yet they don't put that on their phone. I just well, don't I mean, get it. it. it and it's the combination of of the the sensor itself, the hardware it's talking to, the software it's talking to, and you got to bring all those things together. And Sony does a lot better some than than yeah. some. You know, I I think Sony, LG, and Samsung, and throw HTC in there somewhere, but it's you know finicky. We'll see how that ends up this year. But coming from a you know, I switched from a Moto X to a, a Z3 uh, to the Z3V I used for a while, and it's just night and day. So it, it really depends on what you're used to. For sure, yeah. I mean, I I have to say I'm happy with the Z3 Compact. I just if if you can update it this year, Sony, if you survive long enough in your mobile division to update it this year, and give us uh, a Z3 4 Compact with OIS, I'm might use that phone as a daily driver just because the size is so perfect. Yep. Uh, there are rumors that they're having a bit of trouble right now, Sony, with their mobile division. And, it, and I read an interesting article where somebody suggested that perhaps they, they don't price the phones high enough. And, they you know, Sony's always been seen as a premium brand, and so they should just not try to be cheap and affordable because, you know, the Z3 Compact is a reasonable $450 unlocked or something online. 
My and thing was suggest- the design just didn't do it for me. It didn't feel yeah. like it scaled quite up to the full Z3 size as well as it works with the compact. Um, I agree. It's not a bad design, but it's just it's it's so utilitarian and and a little more industrial than I wanted. If they could just sex that up just a little bit, it's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, sex it up a little bit. I think make use a, few, a bit more metal, maybe make uh, make the drop uh, increase the price to, to per, have a perceived a perception of premium. So you can still sell about as many, but you make a bit more profit on them, mm-hmm. and you hopefully will survive. But really, put OIS on this camera, Sony. That's my biggest piece of advice right now because you have that sensor. We want to yep. see it happen. Um, another phone that I have is the HTC Desire I. Um, you've played with that a while back now, but mm-hmm. there it is, uh, the two uh, the two-eyed monster. Um, eh, you know, it's interesting to me that's a Desire phone, yet it's kind of a spec'd as a high-end phone. Um, you know, it, you know, as a slightly smaller 1080p display and a Snapdragon 801 or 805, I can't remember, 801, I think. Um, and so it's like, huh, you know, it's, it's called Desire. I don't know. Um, I like it. I love how it feels in hand. It, it's really, feels really, really, that, that sort really of, nice in hand. You know, matte plastic, it, it just feels like one thick piece of plastic that happens to have a smartphone in it. And it's really, really nice. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. The other one I want to talk about that I have, and I, maybe you have one, Phil, too. I think this one's really exciting. I'm actually going to turn it on. It's the Yoda phone. I uh, gave mine over to Russell Holly to use. Oh, um, okay, so Russell has I, yours. I, I think they did a really good job with this phone, and it's a shame no one's going to buy it. Yeah, right. Because it's well, okay. So it might buy. It, they might buy it if um, it comes to a subsidized to a U.S. carrier, right? So that was the the kind of news that broke on the stage uh, with us at CES Live. Was uh, one of the VPs stood up there and said, "Yes, it's coming to one of the big four carriers." I've seen some rumors, you know, about who it's coming to. I've heard some from some other friends of ours, Miriam, that. Maybe he was speaking a little out of school, and it wasn't nearly as done as they say it is, as they said it well, was. So, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Imagine yeah. it's CS, and you're Russian. You're going to, you know, like, I don't know, puff your chest up and say, "Hey, we're doing cool stuff," right? I mean, you don't even have to be Russian for that. But <laughs> it's just, you know, they tend to be very self-confident. So here's the other phone too. I really love it. And then I reviewed it on uh, live on the the All About Android show t- t- uh, ten days ago, and the the key takeaway is that it's basically spec wise a Nexus five, and it's about the same size, five inch display, 1080p. It's OLED though, not um, IPS, and it's got this awesome QHD, and this is small Q, so quarter HD. Um, OLED panel on the back, and let me show you what one of the cool things is about it is that. You, you can configure this back screen to have widgets and stuff, but the most exciting thing about the back screen is that you can mirror the entire Android experience on the back. So if you're running out on battery or if you're just reading a book or you want to just reply to an email and you don't need color, you now have here, um, you know, the entire um, UI running on the back screen, full touch screen and everything. And I, I, I hated seeing people say it's so slow, the refresh is so slow. Well, I mean, yes, that's kind of not the point, though. It's the fastest refresh of any e-ink I've ever used, yeah. that's for sure. I mean, look at it. It's I love good. the idea of being able to park something back there, especially as I'm traveling. I just throw the boarding pass back there. I don't have to worry about, oh, my God, is my screen going dead? You know, is my screen shutting off right as I get to the front of the line? It's just right exactly. there. It's static. looks really nice, and it works. Yeah, and look, I've just switched back to the front. So the the bottom line for me is that um, it's a great phone. Like it has all the specs and features you'd want of a modern flagship, and it has a secondary screen which you can do some really cool stuff with. I thought, you know, I had the first Yoda phone which didn't have the touch screen in the back, so it was a just a like there was a, a gesture area below the screen. You couldn't mm-hmm. really use the touch screen, the the e-ink for too much other than just reading. Uh, you know, books or maybe using some permanent widgets or capturing a screenshot and putting it up there. But having the ability to mirror the entire user experience has really been uh, a huge revelation for me. And and that is no longer a gimmick to me. But it's still, you know, the price point is like 750 if you order this phone. Uh, that's the best price I've seen online. And it's 
you know, the LT bands don't work in the US. So until they make an actual US version of this device, it's in a carrier a carrier play. I don't think it's going to take off in any way, shape, or form. But I do think there's a future for it. I really do believe that, you know, having a device with an e-ink panel on the back, whether it's built in or a case or something, is there is something to be said there. The battery savings are certainly significant. And uh, kudos to Utiphone for you know continuing this this iterating through this process and staying on course and doing it right nobody really cool else has device, done it. you know second out of the box for them and, and the first one was even more of a non-starter but yeah some some really exciting stuff going on there it'll be interesting to watch them um let's see so we've talked about their new oh another thing i wanted to mention i mentioned i have a nexus 6 now finally i also finally have an iphone 6 i know this is i'm here with phil it's all about really uh more i've, of an I've seen an iphone show. twice you've heard of this yes. right um and I'm actually excited about this because, um, you know, I don't. I, I wish it was six plus. But I, hey, I was going to ask why six and not six plus. Well, it's just what I got. Okay. So I've at least now have a modern iPhone. I can try Apple Pay. I can give my feedback on the camera, which even if it doesn't have OIS, is still improved with the 5S, which is the phone I was using before. So it, you know, expect me to um, let you know how I feel. So it's talk, talking of. Um, there's a couple of other things that I've I've had to play chance to play with, and I know Phil, you've had a plan, chance to play with, and I'd like to hear what you think of this guy. Oh, the re camera! I finally <laughs> dug. I I totally forgot to bring one to CES. I was so mad. In fact, I have one. I need to send back to HTC because um, they said <laughs> they said, "Hey, do you want to have one to play with the CES?" I'm like, "Sure, I'll give it to somebody else." And then I totally left it at home like an idiot. Um, it is a really fun, interesting little handheld camera that's too expensive, uh, unless you can pick it up on sale. I, I managed to snag one. I actually bought one for 99 bucks when it was on sale. Uh, it oh, can cool. be a lot of fun. We got a new dog this weekend, and that's the perfect sort of thing to get down on the ground with and roll around with a dog and just click, 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 and, and get all these fun little pictures. That said, I take so many throwaway pictures of like the inside of my pocket or when I'm pulling it out of my bag because there's no like on-off switch, and I, I'm never quite sure if it's on or not until I take a picture of something. My kids are yep. the same way. I, I have like page after page of thumbnail of my daughters just. <laughs> yeah, you know it's exactly my experience. I actually love this little thing because I didn't have to buy this. This is this is my review unit from from HTC. But if I had to pay what they want for, it, I think for ninety nine dollars, I think you got a great deal. Yeah. But this is kind of too much. Um, but I, you know, there's some things about it I really love. The time lapse feature is really great. Um, it has um, no autofocus, so there's a, a kind of an immediacy to the ability to take pictures. Um, you just kind of point and shoot, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and hope that, and pray and hope. And, and that's the thing. <laughs> um, I've, so t- the two things I don't like about it is that some when the camera is, re- is asleep, it, it kind of wakes up when you pick it up because it has a capacitive sensor on the case. But the first shot, there's always a delay, in, a lag. Yeah. And you miss that first shot usually. So I've learned to kind of wait a little bit. Uh, which kind of defeats the purpose. And then the other thing is that in low light or even just marginal light, um, you're going to get motion blur. Uh, you have to be super steady to take a shot. Um, I mean, it's only a camera phone sensor. It's a 16 megapixel of some kind. You know, no autofocus, very wide angle lens though. It does have an SD card that it saves all the photos on too. So even if your phone's not paired and not around, you're still going to get the photos. And the, the uh, connection is still a little wonky. It's, it is, yes, true. And, and, and some um, of that's just the nature of it and, and how it's talking back and forth. But yeah, it's... And I don't know what to do about that. I don't know if they can do anything about that. And, and then also there's a tripod mount at the bottom, as you mm-hmm. can see, and a micro USB charge and data port here. Um, and, you know, it's really simple. There's just a button in the back. There's another button for slow-mo in the front because you do slow-mo video. It'll live stream to uh, YouTube now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I haven't tried that feature that yet. Recent but anyway... I, I really like it. I'm glad I didn't pay for it, but I've been using it. And you're right. I dispose about of about you know one fifth or one four fifths of my pictures. Yeah. I keep like one fifth of them. Um, I also have a Microsoft Band that I got at CS that I used to uh, to get. Uh, I'll turn it on for you guys. I I used to I used it to get my. Uh, you know, to have an idea how much I walked. And because I can do that with my Pebble or my Moto 360, mm. but this, uh, you know, they, they made a big fuss about the sensors on this. 
The takeaway is it works on all three OSs, iOS, Android, and Windows Phone. Uh, it's probably the most technologically advanced fitness band out there, packed with sensors, really beautiful uh, in terms of the, the specs, but it's uncomfortable to wear and kind of ugly and battery life is two days. So, you know, I think of this as a kind of a prototype version one product that um, has a lot of potential. I think the, 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 what they can gather in terms of data is really cool. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, and then let's see, what else do I have? Oh, I played with the BlackBerry Classic. Um, I don't, it's not within reach, but um, I, wanna, I will post a link in my, in my podcast about, I reviewed it for, um, uh, before you buy the show on Twit with Leo Laporte, and so there's a YouTube video. If you search for BlackBerry Classic review Twit or something, you'll find it, um, and um, you'll see my review. It's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely the best BlackBerry I've ever used, um, but uh, very much a throwback. It's a time machine and a weapon because it's so dense you could throw it at someone and probably take away their face or something. Um, anyway, let's talk about Mobile Congress rumors. What have you heard, Phil? I can tell you, but then I'll have to kill you. Um, look, I mean, we know Samsung's doing an event. We know HTC's doing an event. It doesn't yep. take a whole lot to figure out what we will probably see at either one of those, right? Yeah, let me think. Uh, we'll see <laughs> uh, a Galaxy... Uh, Galaxy S, what are uh, we up to? Seven, no, Galaxy, eight? yeah, it's going to be the Galaxy Alpha 2. No, I'm just <laughs> Galaxy. I wonder. So, wonder if there's going to be a Galaxy X6 and an S6 or a Galaxy S Edge. Yeah, um, and that's or the, Edge. That's the big question, right? The or if it's just going to be one a, device. A GS6 with gonna, two, you know, curved edges like we have in the uh, on the Note Edge. I'm real curious to see what sort of design the rest of the phone would have because we know what one edge looks like and I know what one edge feels like. So, how would two feel in my hand? How would how would that work? How would the software work? Have developers really gotten on board yet with the Note Edge that we already have? Because I don't know they've got APIs, but you've got that same problem you had way back in the Continuum days where you have this feature that nobody took advantage of, and for good reason in that case, but it's you know very different today. Um, I you know We'll see. Supposedly we'll see a totally different you know Galaxy S phone, but I'm not going to bet the farm on that just yet. Yeah. I mean, there's rumors uh, that they're going to get rid of uh, they're going to make a light version of TouchWiz. Yeah, um, that I, I saw that. I don't know. I mean, with with the apps, like kind of what HTC did, where they had the basic skin, and then you can enhance. Uh, you know, you can get all the uh, functionality, the S voice. Like, who uses S voice? That that story comes out every year, though, and has yeah, never really come right. to fruition. So I I think people are reading a little too much into to one or two things. I mean, there's already a whole bunch of Samsung software that's offloaded into the Samsung App Store, for better or for worse. Um, I get that they're using their App Store for it, but I'm still not crazy about it. Um, but true, we've also true. seen, you know, go back to what Sprint started doing a couple years ago, where these were pretty sparsely populated with preloaded apps, and then you had to go to Sprint's, you know, little store to get it all. So uh, there are pluses and minuses about that, but I'm not going to go into it expecting some stock Android-y type phone at all. Yeah, I would love to see something though, some something more like what HTC's done, where you can just install the apps you want. Maybe there, maybe a slightly different approach where it's pre-installed, uh, but you can just remove them. That's the big difference, right? If if it's something that's there and I can get rid of it, I'm a little less inclined to complain. But I have a feeling knowing Samsung is not going to be that, and I think that. Um, but we're going to see metal. We're going to see, a, I think, finally a Galaxy S series that lives up to the Note 4 and the Galaxy Alpha, which to me are absolutely delightful industrial designs. I actually honestly like the look of the Alpha better than the iPhone 6. The Alpha That's looks just really me. nice, actually, yeah. That's just me. And from what I saw, like there's also um, a French blog that posted alleged photos of the chassis, and it kind of looks like a hybrid between the Alpha and the, the the iPhone 6, actually. It's got kind of rounded edges at the bottom, but the kind of tapered cutoff edges on the sides. So we'll see. I'm more excited about the M9, though. You know, I'm an HTC fangirl. And we've seen like three or four different supposedly leaked phones now. And I'm kind of at that point of the year where I just don't care about leaks at all. 
Right, of course. But I mean, who you knows know, what's when I say well, I'm more interested in the rumors, what what you when I or maybe what you expect, knowing that you what you know of the business, and you know, I yeah. think we're gonna see some sort of Sony sensor as the main rear camera, and then what they've been doing with the eye on the front. Um, I don't, yeah. I'm and thinking I'm, we're going to see a, a ultra pixels in the front, the the, right, the old exactly. four megapixel, which is great. Yeah, that and that makes a little more sense out there. Um, see what I did there? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting a grossly different design, but you know they refined you know from M7 to M8. Although I I would still argue that M7 feels better, is easier to hold. I agree. And, and I love the was, design much more. I yeah. like. I think a little bit square for me works a little better. Um, so there's that. Um, I, I'm real OIS. curious to see where it's Bring back OIS. Goes. For me, it's the OIS that yes, just yes. disappointed. The lack of OIS. I can live with the, f- kind of almost can live with the four megapixels, although it's getting to getting really to be too low today. But give me eight megapixels like I've, Apple has with OIS. Yeah, that would make a really, huge difference. Pardon the pun, but really focus on that imaging experience to not be gimmicky and just like just crank it up to the max. Like Like basically be the first company to compete with apple in terms of imaging and make us proud as android users that's all i want from htc on this m9 and they never really got the message down right i mean you were in the same meetings i were i i were you were in the same meetings i was um (laughs) you know back with the m7 and then later with the m8 yep and all the explaining they had to do to us you know for us about how this stuff works and why it works this way and why it's better but they never even got close to really relaying that story to the public. And then you had the whole thing about Zoe's, and that message has been you know, even more confused over the past year, where, well, we have Zoe's, but they're really just videos now. Well, then they're not Zoe's, and Zoe has become just basically a, a, a video, of you know, a little video montage, and it's like, uh, uh, okay... It, and it's still a really good feature, but, you know, everybody has their own kind of auto-created albums now, which is a good thing. I, I think it's a great feature for everyone to have. I mean, it's built into the Moto X, which is, you know, one of the more Spartan phones out there for software. Um, but I, I think that was a real missed opportunity on their part. Yeah, I think the marketing was um, kind of confused. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I, think, uh, I just want, you know... I. I love the HTC ones and I just want less compromise and just be serious about it. I mean, when honestly, in some ways, the Desire Eye is a better phone than the 1M8, you know, in terms of uh, rear camera, I think it's, you lose a bit in low light, but having more pixels seems to make a big difference for a lot of people, especially people who don't know how to frame their shots right away properly, you know. What about the Nexus Um, 9? As long as we're talking about HTC. So I reviewed it, and um, I like it. I think it's good, but the price is outrageous. When you can see what you know, the problem is it's a different, like it's a different proposition, right? If it was an, if it was a phone that we were talking about, it'd be a, I'd be willing to pay a little more because it's. I'm an Android phone user, but I'm not an Android tablet user. To me, in terms of tablet ecosystem, it's all about the apps, and iOS wins, like, hands down. Like, you can't expect to charge the kind of prices they were trying to charge for the Nexus 9, um, even though spec-wise it was pretty much equivalent on paper when you don't have an ecosystem. And then on top of that, it's just still not as nice. You get the metal rim, but you get the plastic, and everybody had little problems with, like, indentations in the plastic back. Um, I still I mean, have the first one that I, I brought back from the Google event in New York, and I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I need to buy another one to just test it. But for me, the software is just jacked. It's I've never used anything that's this laggy, and, and maybe an update will, will do something about it, but there's there's very obviously something wrong with the way something is working. Mine isn't too bad, but it's definitely laggier than I expect something running Lollipop to be, and I really have... You get, look, I don't want to rain on NVIDIA's parade, but I don't think they're as good as they think they are. <laughs> I don't think their processors are, or, or maybe the software that runs on the processors are not is not optimized enough because Qualcomm devices just scream. I don't even know? really care about the reason at this point, but 
if there's no anybody excuse. at any point in the QA process saw that it was taking you know six, ten, twelve seconds between the time that you tap a notification and the app opens, that's not yeah. okay. That should not ship ever. So I don't have that bad of an experience on my Nexus Nine. So I'm yeah. wondering. Did you not get updates since then? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's I'm not sure if it's a software thing or I don't oh, think hardware? it's a hardware thing. You know, people say it's encryption. So we'll see. Oh, um, encryption. I, I huh. need to buy another one. Have you done a factory reset just for shits and giggles? Did I should, and I just haven't. I've been lazy. Try it. Yeah. Yeah, try it. I think because mine honestly is like I actually do that every time I get a unit now. I do a factory reset before I set it up. Oh, no, no, no. I, I absolutely did that with this one. Yeah. Like oh, I, wow. I, I factory reset it actually twice on the first day just because in, in the process of testing some stuff. But, uh, yeah, I need to do it. Maybe I'll get around so to it. So mine didn't come from Google. Mine came from HTC, and I don't know if that makes any difference. But yeah. it was under embargo, so it was very early on too. Anyway, um, so I'm looking forward to Mobile Congress. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the press conferences mm-hmm. and hanging out, albeit briefly. I'm sure we'll just wave at each other as we always do. Um, Sony? Sony. Hmm. Z4, Z4 Compact, I guess? I mean, uh, maybe? at this point, I'm, I just don't think they're doing it yet. And that's not necessarily a bad ready. thing. It hasn't been that long since the Z3, which wasn't that long after the Z2, so... Oh, yeah, that's right, because Mobile Congress last year was the Z2, which right. we never even saw in the U.S. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. What do you expect? Do you expect anything else than the M9 and the Galaxy S6 from any manufacturer? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking something smallish. So, um, yeah, I don't. And Asus has been a little quiet too. Weird. Well, I think it's going to be a good show anyway. Um, Let's move on since you have to leave in about ten, fifteen minutes, and you know I try to keep the podcast about an hour long anyway. Synogen and Microsoft, um, you know, sitting in a tree. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, it was an unnamed source at Bloomberg and another one. I forget the other publication. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know it's a rumor. But what do you, what do you think? I had a long discussion with Jason Howell on All About Android two days ago about this and i have some theories and i'd love to hear what your take is assuming it's right assuming it's happening and microsoft is sinking 70 70 million dollars into cyanogen what is the play here what do you think is going on especially based on because the initial story said right the comments it it was a 70 million dollar round and that that microsoft was going to be a minority uh shareholder not shareholder but uh you know minority investor in that 70 million dollar round so it's not necessary it's not a 70 million dollar investment either way that's still less than the reported 100 million dollars that microsoft just paid for a a calendar application so keep that in mind um as an aside as an aside phil they it's interesting to me that the best Gmail app for iOS is a Microsoft product right now. Yep. Also, so so I think this is important for the discussion because there's not just Synogen. There's a calendar acquisition. Last year's email app acquisition. To me, there's a bit of a platform ecosystem play going on mm-hmm. here, and that's kind of why I want to hear what you think. So there's also the rumor of the Synogen guy saying we want to take android away from google before we then found out these rumors about microsoft so right so that was kirk what do you Mc- think's going on th- that was kirk mcmaster talking uh at a q a that the information did and it was a beautiful line i think it was kind of taken out of context a little bit because you're not going to take android away from google I and mean, you know anybody with right. a brain knows that <laughs> what they want to do is is offer an alternative to all these Google services, and that makes more sense. But what's the one thing that Cyanogen as a company, and remember, separate Cyanogen the company out a little bit from Cyanogen Mod the ROM. And and while you know they are not mutually exclusive from a business standpoint, they're, they're pretty much two different things. What's the one thing Cyanogen the company is missing as it does these deals with uh, with uh, Micromax and with Oppo, or, sorry, OnePlus? Um, the one big thing they're kind of missing is an app store. Right, right. That is the the one thing. In in fact, if you go back, look on Google Plus, you'll see where I just posted. It's the app stupid. Um, I <laughs> I think that could very well be part of it. Microsoft has its hands in an Android base in an Android app, you know, Android compatible app store. Look at it like that. Um, that's you know leftover from Nokia and Lumia and actually Opera. 
which runs the store. I could see that being in play there. I could see that being a big part of it. I could see it as Microsoft just putting in some, you know, putting some money in the pot so they can take a peek and see what's going on. You know, it's an investment. It's not an acquisition. Those are two very different things. No, no, things. I, I, I agree with you 100% on that. My, my theory is more that um, Microsoft is diversifying their opportunities to make their ecosystem and their platform strong. And I mean by platform, I mean the, the whole new Sanya Nadella world of things. Like the fact that Office is best on iOS today, right? speaks mm-hmm. a lot to me. The fact that there's that new uh, Outlook that is the best iOS Gmail client, you know, all that stuff to me speaks volume. And I'm wondering if Microsoft's thinking to themselves, look, let's let's give, let's invest in these guys a little bit, see where they go, see how successful they are at forking Android, potentially forking Android for developing uh, markets like India and Africa and South America and even China, where we where Google Play services are not needed, and see what happens. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it could mean so, everything, or it could mean nothing, or something in between. And so my theory is this, is what if it's a play where it's their plan B for Windows 10 mobile completely crashing and burning? Because look, the reality is this, I love Windows Phone, you guys all know this, but and I love the UI in particular, but I mean, the app ecosystem is just not, it's a catch-22, it's a chicken and egg, it's not going to get resolved, and I don't think Windows 10 is going to resolve it. I love the idea of a one single OS that runs on all platforms that you can code once and get it go like as a developers is kind of a pipe dream and i think they're gonna they're gonna deliver on that because they're microsoft and they make the best developer tools i think i think you also need to keep in mind blackberry made a big you know bb10 was very much blackberry oh by the way plus android yes what if microsoft decided to do the same thing correct and they could but i think they're better off forking android see this is kind of my theory and so um what this is where cyanogen mod and the comments we've heard potentially come in is that what if they make their own version of android and they kind of get a lot of manufacturers on board out there not just because traditionally microsoft has always worked with oems what if you know it's not just lumias but and it's it doesn't like have all to of a sudden, anymore right and and they can be cyanogen branded yeah um it's going to be a really interesting play but i i feel the same way as you i think that in terms of taking it away from google like for those of us who are in you know, cannot live without Google Play services. And I would argue that the majority of the Western world running Android, I would actually argue that the majority of iPhone users that are using all the Google apps today are essentially using Google Play services without really knowing it. Um, you know, of course, it's not that software that they're using, but they're they're using a cohesive hook into the Android and Google ecosystem that's seamless. Uh, not as seamless as on Android, which is why we're still using Nexuses, you and I. Uh, well, maybe not Nexuses, but you know what I mean. Um, but I think that's kind of the, the key. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Sadia is a smart man and he's like, we've been the operating, uh, operating system company for years, but really we are about, you know, Office is even more important and our um, all of our services that the enterprise really loves is even more important. So... Why don't we start kind of moving beyond the operating system and, and looking at what we can do to be successful on all platforms? And that's why we're seeing things like this Outlook and this mm-hmm. Office for iOS and potentially uh, some money th- sank into, into a CyanogenMod. mod. It's real tough to build the silo that Apple has built. That is not easy to do. It takes a lot of money, and you got to do it really, really well. Um, and if you don't, you go the other route, <laughs> and and I think it's probably the the correct one for Microsoft to do. Yeah, I mean it's hard to do what BlackBerry's done and be successful in the sense of like having a Dalvik virtual machine that gives you Android compatibility is always going to be slightly janky, right? Yeah. I mean the performance of these apps on and on BlackBerry Ten is kind of crap, and you don't have Google Play services. The same I experienced the same thing when I reviewed the the Yola phone on Selfish OS, right? Sure, you get Android compatibility, but it's almost you don't want to use it. So at that point. Next step up from that is forking Android. The next step up from that is skinning Android. And the next step up from that is the pure Google Android experience that we see on on Nexus, right? Like that's kind of the four tiers in my mind. The majority are tier three where they skin Android and everything works and 
you know, you just get a slightly different UI on each on each phone. So it'd be interesting to see how things evolve this year. I I'm also a little concerned with the lollipop uptake. What has been your, your what's your opinion on that? It seems really low compared to previous years. No, it's actually pretty much on par with KitKat. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're not too worried. No, and there's there's a whole lot of jelly bean out there. And jelly bean's going to be around for a long, long time. That's um, true. No, but at this point, I think if you're also launching a phone that's not running kit or not running Lollipop, then you're doing something wrong a little bit. You're screwing, yeah. Yeah. I'm just surprised that we haven't seen an, an uptake yet. I mean, there's rumors of the GS6 getting it on Verizon. Yeah, sorry, GS5. I'm already ahead of myself here. <laughs> uh, there's rumors of it. Did I hear? Did you hear this rumor? Am I right or wrong that it's potentially coming to the Moto X on AT&T of all things? Was it AT&T? I think it was a Moto X, but I, I don't know. remember. Yeah, no, and, and we've gotten some more updates today. I think Sprint's finally starting to get L out. Um, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. Now, I don't necessarily think the leap from KitKat to Lollipop is as large as people are trying to make it out. And under the hood, it is. It's a big deal. Uh, very different code base. But user experience, you know, going it's from... It's not that yeah, going deal. from KitKat on the Moto X to L on the Moto X, I think actually it was a step backwards in a lot of ways, and you'd be surprised how many emails I have saying the same thing. Um, so I feel know. the same way. I'm still butthurt that I can't long press the power button to get my airplane mode. I still want that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. To me, that was... Well, that's an OEM thing, man. It it's, doesn't have to be... The, True. That's, that's not an OS thing, right? Again... But I'm talking on Nexus, right? On Nexus sure. right now, you, you don't have that. Right. They could do it if so, they wanted to. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's see. There's another thing that I had on the list of all things, and that was discussing the net neutrality news from yesterday or the day before. Woohoo! Now, call um, I mean, you know, I'm not. I don't want to go on about it too much, but I'm kind of cautiously optimistic and somewhat excited. Exactly. You like, too. It's 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 one thing to say it; it's another thing to make sure it happens. Exactly, and and you know, just to be, sh- you know, I'm sure somebody's going to label me a commie any second now for wanting the government to interfere. But you know what? Look, I grew up in Canada, which is a socialist country. I grew up in France, which is a socialist country. I'm sorry, but I love capitalism. You know, I live in the Bay Area where it's insane, and I'm all for people uh, deserving to make money on the things that they're good at and succeeding, and you know, all that profits and all that. But to me, there are things that are essential services. Water, you know, electricity. The internet is there now. Yep. And it needs to be somewhat overseen if, if and only if the carriers and the cable operators and the telecom company, well, telecom companies are already under title too. But if they don't play ball, somebody needs to come in and goes, you know, like like the school teacher in in kindergarten, hey kids. You better freaking behave, because that's exactly what this Title II is going to be about. I know it could be overused and it could cause problems, but I really seriously believe we're going to be better off. But I think what we're going to see next is a series of lawsuits and some, oh, yeah. like they're going to fight this tooth and nail. Um, and I'm disappointed by that because at least at least it's good to see that the FCC and the Obama administration, for you know, I know a lot of people don't like the Obama administration, but look, it's better. It's it's nice that it's actually being taken seriously and happening, and I think we're going to be better off because you look in Europe, you know, you can in UK you can they compete so hard on like you want talk you talk about competition we don't have it like not on cable, like you know in Europe you can get uh, subscriptions for nineteen dollars a month that give you fifty megabits yeah. like, and they all compete with one another. Don't you want this here? Our company doesn't here it make never sense? Let it happen. So to me, that's that's capitalism. That's real competition. <clears throat> Let the best player prevail. And I need to be able to switch every month if I want to, to get the best possible internet experience. And, you know, I'm a big believer in owning my own equipment. I have my own cable modem. I have my own phones. I don't, I don't, I use unlocked phones as much as I can. You know, it's just, it's just a mindset thing. Why can't people get them, you know, especially, like I understand the average person walking into a Verizon store, renewing their contracts, not thinking twice. They have better things to do. They have kids screaming in the back seat of their minivan. I get it. But the people here, you and I, you know, the, our audience, our listeners, our readers, 
Like, how can you not wrap your head around that? Simple fact that you would be way better off purchasing your devices full price or financing them on your credit card and then not having a contract with a carrier and not giving them that benefit. Just do it. Yep. That's what net neutrality is all about. It's the freedom of choice. Amen. <laughs> My rant is done. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and so on that note, I think you you probably have to run soon. I got to run. I got to go pick up a kid. Um, any final words you want to, any other thoughts you have about, uh, you know, anything really? Uh, I think MWC uh, is going to be a lot of fun. I think we have a lot of good stuff still coming this year, both on the software and the hardware front. Um, I'm really curious to see what happens with the Apple Watch in a couple months. Me too. I think people are going to be either sorely disappointed or have their minds blown and there's not going to be much in between. (laughs) (laughs) I think Android Auto is still lurking and having gotten a little bit of a taste of it at CES, I'm excited for it as ever, but it's way expensive. Um, It's cool though, right? I mean, wow. And, And it opens up the whole universe of having this very simple head unit in your car where almost everything is driven by your phone, which is something I've always said should be the case, personally. And I'm playing with uh, the Amazon Echo, and Amazon continues to impress in a lot of ways while simultaneously depressing in others. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a there's a lot of really cool stuff to see in the Echo if you, if you can snag I'm one. I'm looking I forward to the next. I'm looking forward to the next Amazon phone. If see if they can finally get this WhisperNet stuff. Uh, that I've been dreaming of forever off the ground. They've got we'll a lot of lot of good pieces out there. The question is, can they pull it all together? Great. Well, listen, Phil, why don't you plug yourself and your blogs and your your world out there? Tell everybody who you are, what you do, all oh, that great stuff. AndroidCentral.com. It's not, not just me. It's everybody. we got a half dozen of us just doing really, really good work there right now and some really fun stuff uh, that, you know, is a little unlike what you read other places. I don't necessarily want to write that there's a kernel source available because if you deal with kernels, you already know that. So we're doing other stuff. Um, you know, if you want to stalk me socially, just search my name. I'm one of those crazy people that uses their <laughs> real name on social media. Yeah, me, me too, a lot. Uh, I mean, t- obviously, I don't, Tank Girl is not my name, but if you not- look for me, well, no, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I, you say you use your name, but you actually do, you literally use Phil yes, Nickinson on I your do. Twitter, which is what I think you meant. Um, great. Well, thanks for being on. Let me uh, do an outro here real quick. Um, so I'm Tank Girl, Miriam Joar, T-N-K-G-R-L is my Twitter, my blog, and you'll find me online through that handle. Um, this ends up on my YouTube along with my reviews. Uh, it also ends up as an audio podcast, usually a week or so later because I'm very busy. And the audio podcast is on my RSS feed on my blog. I'm just saying this because I get a lot of questions and a lot of confusion around this. So uh, you can subscribe to my RSS feed or put it in your podcast app, whether it is on um, Pocket Casts, which is very popular, Love that or one. another. Um, the, the reality is it's really easy to add my podcast to your to your podcast catcher. And, and most importantly, you'll get the audio about a week later. So for, for now, you're going to get this video on YouTube, and that's the only way you're going to be able to share the love of this amazing podcast. Thanks, Phil, for being on. Stay tuned. I'm going to continue to try to do this monthly. I've failed a little bit because of the holidays and CS, but I'm pretty sure I can keep it up now. Um, thanks for joining us, and stay tuned for more.